0: Listen to finally a show on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Locadora Radio. 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 of myth and bullshit. A, a radiophonic, radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Muñoz and Diosa Femme. Hola, hola, Locamores. Welcome to season six of Locatora Radio, por Casteras Next Door.
0: Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying podcast. podcast.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. Thanks for tuning in to Capitulo ciento treinta And remember, we
0: have multiple tiers on Patreon. You can check them all out and subscribe. Listen to our past episodes. Check out our other original podcast, Marihuanera, a podcast for potheads. And yeah,
1: what else? So we're just checking in today. It's been a hot minute since we've recorded. I was traveling. Mala's been really busy doing lots of things that we're going to get into. And so, we know that the state of the world is a disaster, things are on fire. Every day <laughs> is something horrible in the news. We acknowledge, we know that, and we're going to be taking a deep dive into some of these more serious issues that are facing that our communities are facing in future episodes. Um, since we last recorded, Roe versus Wade was turned over by the Supreme Court. We'll be talking about that at a later episode, in addition to a lot of other things that we have planned for the month of July. But we're going to use this episode to ease back into recording, to check in with y'all and check in with each other. And to
0: celebrate some wins, because even though things are collapsing around us, personally, we're doing pretty great. Can't lie. We, We have a lot going on and we are very happy about all the things that we're working on. So we also want to bring you in to the fold and to share with you guys what it is that we've been kind of cooking behind the scenes over here. And also, not so behind the scenes, you know, we share on Instagram and on Twitter what we're doing, um, but there's always more to talk about. You, in particular, you've been traveling, you started school, like you're becoming a certified journalist, which is like we've been doing like indie. DIY journalism all these years and like you're making it official
1: yeah so for almost the entire month of June I was in Ciudad Mexico I was in Mexico City and it was such a beautiful wonderful trip I don't want to get into the details of why um because it's not necessarily my story to share, but my partner and I were in Mexico city for kind of a life-changing opportunity. Not going to lie, not to be cryptic, but that's what happened. Um, And so I'll just say that it was timely and time sensitive. Um, We had to be there for a particular period. And so we were, we went, uh, we made a trip of it. Uh, I was still working remotely. So I was, you know, on vacation, but not really. And but it was still really great. Um, we got to do so many things, eat so many tacos like, never get you can never eat too many tacos, in my opinion. Um, and just the, obviously, the food in Mexico is just so so good, it's like unparalleled. You think you have good me- Mexican food here in LA at restaurants, obviously, your family's cooking is different if you're Mexican, but. Yeah, no, I, I'm like, I've been suffering since I've been back is how I've been describing it. <laughs> I'm like, no yeah. taco is the same. now even the supposed hecha de mano, you know, like, no. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just like I loved how walkable Mexico City was. Obviously, we were in a very touristy colonia. We were in La Condesa, which is kind of been taken over and has had their own like type of gentrification Within Mexico City, um, there's lots of tourists there, lots of folks that like are quote expats and like work remotely and live there um, because it's a lot more affordable than living in the U.S. if you're, you know, make earn in dollars. And so there's there's a lot of complexities to the trip. I will say it was definitely a privilege to be able to do that, but it was also so beautiful and so much fun. And we also got to go to Acapulco, which is where my partner is from. And so it was just like a very good, like wholesome, well-rounded trip. We didn't get into anything too wild. Um, we kept it pretty chill. That's kind of like who we are when we travel. We go with the flow and we drink and we eat and we like like to sleep in. And um, I also ran a race out there and my partner did it with me. He indulged me and was like, let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it just felt like just, just a good way to spend the month of June before starting my grad school program.
0: I love it. And I wonder, um, as, as far as the food, did you find that there were like items on menus that you had never heard of before? I remember distinctly the first time I went to Mexico City being like, I don't know what Mexican food is because most of the menus was new to me were dishes that I had never heard of. Did you have a similar experience?
1: Yeah, so for me, probably one of the first things that I ate when I when I arrived was a tlacoyo, and it's kind of it's similar to a quesadilla where, or it's kind of like a, and Don't get upset if I'm describing it wrong, okay, y'all. <laughs> but like the way I see it, it's kind of like a cross between an empanada de maíz and a quesadilla de maíz, obviously, um, where it's like kind of thick it's like too thick to be like just a regular quesadilla right um and then you you put like your little like your queso and your little like you know whatever base you have whether that be carne I was eating a lot of vegetarian food out there because I just love like huila coche flor de calabaza like all the all the veggies that everyone eats over there that we really don't have access to over here yeah it's like
0: harder to find over here yeah
1: I've never seen a flor de calabaza at at the market, maybe at the farmer's market, but never at like a Ralph's. Right. And so that was probably one of the first things I ate and I I loved it so much. I was eating them as often as I could. Also like the fried quesadillas was, were my favorite. Like I was eating those every day too. Yeah. The tlacoyo though was probably the first thing that I had that was also like, I've never heard of this. I've never had it. It's delicious. Give me more
0: love it i love it yes uh yosa would text me here and there like la could never
1: it's true i mean listen the protected we bike, the we love we love la right we're la yeah. girls but like the protected bike lanes okay mm-hmm. people fight for that shit here like and mm-hmm. people block that shit here like you know mm-hmm. that Um, on Sundays, there are like multiple main streets are shut down for people to walk and ride their bikes and skate. I saw so many folks skating, um, when the streets were closed like that, um, all the little coffee shops, all the little bars, I was literally like LA could never, and everything is so spread out here that you can't just like walk down the street and find a cute little coffee shop. Like, unless you're in a very specific area, but this was like all of Mexico city, right? And um, just all the, all the vendors, all the, the food vendors, the street vendors, very, very different, very amazing, very delicious.
0: Very cosmopolitan.
1: So cosmopolitan. And let me just say, I'm not going to go into detail, but (laughs) I went to, I went to one fancy restaurant that I was invited to. That was the one restaurant that I got sick at. Like of my course. whole trip, I was good. I was eating tacos every day. I was eating the right? And then the fancy bougie place is where <laughs> like we both got food poisoning.
0: Of course. Every time. Every time.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So then I came back, um, started my grad school program. Um if you have not heard yet, I'm at USC's Annenberg and I'm getting a master's for pursuing a master's in specialized journalism. So I'll be focusing and honing in on audio and really like fine tuning the skills. Cause as Mala said, we've been doing this DIY learning as we go, a lot of trial and error. And as we level up with our production company and all of the aspirations and the goals that we have, um, I wanted to have that technical training to really be able to take us to the next level. Because although we know we, as in Malani and as our community, we know that like degrees aren't everything, but with some of the people that we've worked with, these are the things that they that they want that they look for. And so, to really give us a new pool of opportunities, um, that's why I decided to apply for the master's program.
0: Yes, so many amazing things going on. We're so happy to have you back and very excited. Yes, very excited to like professionalize because I think also what people don't realize is podcasting, like, although we have learned it ourselves, it's a whole industry with like industry standards and language and software. And there's like rules of engagement. Like it's a proper you know, economy and industry in its own right. And we make it look easy, but it, it can be super technical. And and journalism can be super technical. So it's cool that you're on you're on the inside now. You're on our mole in the ivory tower.
1: It's true. I'm on the inside. I <laughs> promise to distribute all of the knowledge. As y'all know, we in the past have hosted multiple free podcasting workshops so I would love to be able to like update our curriculum post-graduation post-degree and continue to teach them for free um, at the public library that would be amazing Um, but also you have been working on something really big you just had your debut at the chatterbox this past Sunday and you've been working on material and workshopping it for months so congratulations tell us more about it
0: Oh, my God. I had my comedy debut. I did seven minutes um, at Chatterbox Comedy Night on the Sunday show on July 3rd. The really great lineup of, of comics. I was the first one because I'm the newest. Um, and so others on the lineup um, were Jules Fernandez. Brad Branford, Taylor Ortega, Greg, Greg Edwards and... Oh, is his last name, the headliner. I need to look him up. I can't remember his first name, but uh, Brian O'Flanagan. So really fun, really fun show. And I can't lie. I think I killed it. I think all my jokes landed. I've been working on this seven minutes basically all year and um, really happy with it. So now I have like my little tape and I'm going to be sending it off to all the comedy shows ever and hopefully I'll be getting booked on more lineups and I'll share if and when I do so yeah I think it's just the beginning of something um bigger for me like I definitely want to eventually tour and work up to like a 30 minute set and then like an hour and you know um over here at Locatora we like to dream big so I'm like projecting forward and just like manifesting a special a comedy special you know um, I think it could be really fun I think I am like already planning it in my mind, (laughs) you know, like what this special could be. So anyways, yeah. So that was, that was, that was this last week and it was very fun and you went and my parents went. So thank you for going. And I don't know, you can confirm that I killed it. If you want, (laughs) you can validate. I had witnesses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it was great. All of the jokes landed. The timing was impeccable. The delivery was amazing. Mala looked gorgeous. Um, and definitely lots of people were there to see you. And another thing I forgot to share with you, so I'm, now I'm sharing it on air during this interview, but you have a bit about body shaming. And, you know, you your family is the one that first taught you what body shaming is, right? And your yeah. mother turned around <laughs> and looked at me like, is she for real? <laughs> -hmm. My mom knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I, because I've seen her do it. I'm like, yes, Mirza. She said it. She said it because it's true. You witnessed her in
0: action. But,
1: um, no, like, yeah, 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 this this is accurate. Um, and yeah, it was funny because there were lots of jokes, not just with Mala, but lots of jokes about like hell and God and Satan. And your mom would like, kind of like the side eye and like, look at me. And so afterwards I was like, Mitha, what did you think of all the, the jokes about religion and God? And she goes, he's going to hell. She's going to hell. They're all going to hell. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sounds about right.
0: <laughs> oh my God. And it's so funny because she loves sacrilege. She really does. She just pretends to be scandalized. But I did warn my parents before the show about not just my set, but I i had to, my parents have come to locatora events. And as we've established, our events are really very wholesome and very tame. Like we're very clearly Catholic school girls, even as much as we like try and, and liberate ourselves from it and yeah. liberate our content and just be free on our own it's it's still there
1: you know it's deeply <laughs> deeply ingrained in there it's Deeply. Like 18 years 15 plus years of of that being yeah. drawn to you
0: we're quite wholesome so my parents have come to our wholesome events and this is different this is stand-up comedians from all walks of life and people who like comedy and it's this little dive bar in Covina so it's just I explained to them it's going to be everything <laughs> you know so just, I, I was like, mom, just please don't heckle me. Just don't respond to me. Don't say anything during my Oh, set, my please. God. And
1: I'm, I'm so glad that you prepped her because remember when at Locatora Live year three, for folks that were not <laughs> in attendance, we had a Q&A after our panel and- At the Paramount. Me, at the Paramount. And Misa grabs the mic as if she's not Mala's mom and goes, so- are you dating anyone? <laughs> it was a riot. And I'm so I'm in glad the the show. I'm glad you prepped her.
0: Yes, had to prep her. So they behaved, they did a good job. Um, it was very fun. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see where where this takes us. I mean, you know, we're just trying to expand our little creative universe as much as possible. And like I think that any any way that we can strengthen our skill set, like in whatever it is, I feel already like even just doing the standup, I feel so much stronger and concise with my writing and um, with like the scripts that I'm putting together for the show. And, you know, I'm really interested in writing scripts and I've been working on a pilot for some time, but part of me has realized like, I could sit down and write a script for uh, a pilot that I think is a comedy pilot, but how do I know that any of these lines are actually funny? I need to go and test them out. So for me, I I think of like my sets and doing the standup as just step one in like, these are stories and characters and scenarios that people are laughing at. I think I could grow this out into a storyline, into a script, you know?
1: Totally, absolutely. I mean, and there's so many visions, dreams for look at our productions. You know, to just to project like what would year ten look like. You know, um, yeah. so it's a, it's exciting to be building in in different ways, right? All aligned, but just to be adding to the skill set, like you said, and and growing in different ways is really important. I think to any creative and and anyone because you also don't want to be stuck doing the same thing. Um, which is why Mm -hmm. like each year we like have a new theme, you know, we want to keep it fresh. We try different Mm -hmm. segments, you know, Um, and we, we try out things here at Locatora too.
0: It's true. So just know you guys, once again, we're working tirelessly to be the best podcasters for you listening at home. This is all for you. This is all for the art and for the listener experience really at the end of the day is what it comes down to. Like, It's true. It all gets poured back into the art. Um, Yeah.
1: In other news, in local LA politics, we have a really big announcement. If folks haven't heard, haven't seen, but our past guest, Onises Hernandez, who was running for city council district one, won the seat. She won the city council seat for council district one. She beat the incumbent Gil Cedillo it was a really intense and drawn out election because it took a couple of weeks, maybe even a month to uh, count all the mail-in ballots. And so at, you know, just after election night, it looked like Gil had actually won, but Onisa's kept the faith. She kept believing in her, her campaign and the community. And she was right because at the end of the month, after all the mail-in ballots had been counted, she was actually up by 54%. She really beat him. And he I think was at 46%. And so we just wanted to congratulate her. We're so proud of her. We know she's going to be, she's going to do amazing things for CD one. She's also the first or public, like public facing abolitionist on the city council.
0: Yeah. And, um, her district is like a really central, important district. And we know that voting is not the end all be all and is not everything and that politics are not everything. But a candidate like Eonises winning against an incumbent like Gil Cedillo is a big fucking deal. And it does give us a lot of like, hope for the future, not to use the H word, but (laughs) it does give us hope for the future. And like, not all is lost, you know, and I think Gil Sadio also showed us that you cannot rest on your laurels. This man was not showing up to town hall meetings. He was not showing up to debates. He was not door knocking. He wasn't campaigning. He was attacking says and slandering her, but he was not campaigning with constituents and with the people. And says like we've Talked about before, not unlike an AOC, boots on the ground, door to door, in the community, town halls, debates, really talking to people, and it worked. Yeah. And so I think for us, like, I think that's like the victory in all of it, you know? Absolutely.
1: It's also really exciting because there's a couple other really progressive candidates on the ballot for the general election in the fall. So it could very well be that city council ends up being ends up electing like a couple new progressives, which is a really big deal um, because city council hasn't necessarily had the most progressive um, city council people. So we're excited. We, you know, are, yeah, we're just super excited for Onesis and for the district and to see what she's going to do. We know she has lots of ideas. So props to her. Congratulations again.
0: And props to us because we did interview her on Locatora Radio. There is such a thing as a look loca, at the Locatora effect. So it's
1: true. Not know? that we got her
0: elected, but I'm sure it helped.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean counts. I mean, it's also like we've said, like, we can't just have everybody on the show that's running, you know, for, no. s- for any elected office. One, like we know our listeners and we know our listeners know inherently the voting is not the end all be all. And so that's not the type of content we want to churn out each election cycle. However, when we do identify and see candidates or they reach out to us that we know are coming at campaigning with a different angle, with a fresh perspective, are challenging a very powerful incumbent and Democrat, we we want a Democrat or Republican. We want to be able to have them on the show. 100%. So we... uh you know, we got
0: more elections coming up this year, we're not done yet. So we'll be talking about these issues as we go. And I mean, there's a lot going on as far as politics, policy legislation. I mean, since we last spoke, obviously, we've had the overturning of Roe v. Wade, like Yosa mentioned at the top of the episode. And that's something that we want to talk about further, even though we're in California. And we're in LA and in theory, we should be fine and we should have access, there are still all these examples of women being criminalized and arrested for stillbirth, even in California. Um, uh, Pregnant people having a difficult time accessing abortion access and reproductive services, even in California. So even though we're in this sort of like, quote, liberal bubble, which not really. All of the same issues that are impacting folks at the federal level and state right. by state, they trickle down over here. They're happening here too. So we'll be, con- we'll continue to cover these things as we go.
1: Yeah, this is kind of just like our personal check in pop culture roundup episode, a l- yeah. little bit of politics light, but you know, really, we're just we're just catching up with y'all. And we, of course, want to be able to give these very important topics the time and care that they need. Um, So we'll be bringing those episodes, you know, sometime this month uh, of July. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Porcasteras peligrosas. to our newsletter. Go to locatora.radio.com. subscribe to Besitos, because this is all, also where we share event info.
1: Yeah, our newsletter is so cute, y'all. So you have to subscribe. Head over to our website, like Mala mentioned. Also, shout out to our dear friend, Raquel Richard. She wrote a very beautiful piece about sisterhood. Uh, she gets very vulnerable. She lost a very dear friend very recently, uh, this past year, um, someone that she calls her soulmate. And so it's been really heartbreaking to see this, this journey for her on the outside, you know, as someone that loves her, but she gets super real in this article about her grief and also interviews, uh, four sets of friends, uh, for duos, duo friendships, um, and talks to us about sisterhood. And she talked to us, um, as y'all know, we have been podcasting for six years and we met online. And so we talked about that journey from like going from party friends to business partners to like life partners, you know, par- partners in podcasting. So check that article out. We'll also put it in our newsletter. Thank you, Rakets, for featuring us. It's such a beautiful article.
0: Oh yeah, I cried like a baby talking about how much I love Yosa. Huh? <laughs> It was, it was sobbing.
1: It was so sweet. <laughs> Words of affirmation are my thing. And so I was like, this girl loves me. Yeah. <laughs> and, was, I love, was... and I love her so much, but Mala doesn't need me telling her that I love her every single day. However, I do. So I appreciate yes. the love.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And it was funny too, because I'm like crying my eyes out and Diosa's like, on campus, like very put together in between classes, like like smiling, like not not a not a tear, like not emotional at all. And just smiling as I weep. It was so funny. <laughs> She's like, I know. Let it out. I know. I know.
1: So you know, I it cry like cute. once a week. So I'm like You're muted. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I cry all the time. And I tell Mala, I love her all the time. So I didn't, I, you know, she knows. Um, yeah, it was, it was so cute. Know. It was such a, it was such a lovely experience that Raquel like invited us into. Um, and she's, you know, one of the best journalists in the game award-winning and she's working at Refinery29 right now and she's running there latinx vertical so she has like a ton of amazing work and she's someone that we haven't had on the show which is honestly horrible because she a crime it's a crime we love her she's so brilliant she's so badass um and we've been knowing her for years um so definitely we need to have her on um but yeah and check should, out the it article be like
0: a, a, the friend a friendship episode it could
1: be the follow-up interview
0: i love it okay let's do it
1: let's do it
0: <laughs> Perfect. (laughs) And that is our creative process, folks. That was a brainstorm. That's (laughs) pre-production.
1: Pre-production, Mal and I sending like voice memos, text messages, DMs, Twitter DMs, like ideas all day long, every single day. Like that's literally our process, y'all. It's very like stream of consciousness. We like bounce ideas off of each other and then eventually they get written down and, you know, written and produced. But yeah, that's really how how organic it is.
0: Super, super crunchy, super organic. Um, what else is going on? Okay, so Raquel's article, we love. Also, have you guys been keeping up with the whole LA cool girl back and forth? Started on TikTok, white girl in Silver Lake. People at Silver Lake love to call Silver Lake the east side. It's I don't get it anything east of La Brea and they're like east side, east side, east side, east side, downtown, east side. That's not Silver the Lake, east, east side. side.
1: That's Silver and, Lake.
0: And, and that's not the first time that we've heard no. that. We, we've heard in person people call it the downtown the east side.
1: Downtown is downtown. Like it's not the east side. Arts district, arts district is the arts district. You know, downtown <laughs> is downtown. Chinatown is Chinatown. Like, no it's not the east side stop so so um yeah this this woman on tiktok she um has like a bunch of videos about like la cool girls read white girls on the west side but this one in particular is about the quote east side an east side la cool girl and it's like sometimes i think like white people on the west side especially the transplants like really live in a different LA. Like I followed that overheard LA page and there was like one, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to remember, but there was one that I sent to Mala and it was like a conversation and it was something that I didn't even understand. And I was like, Mala, these, these people live in an entirely different LA, you know, like, I don't even know what they're referring to. Like, what is this even about? I've never heard of this.
0: (laughs) What language are they speaking truly? No, I I forget and I I forget where I was. It was pre-pandemic. You know, we don't have as many run-ins with randos like we would have before the pandemic. Like now we interact with our family, our friends. And if we have working situations, if we go to a show, if we go to an event, but just being like in mixed company with whoever is not such a thing anymore. But I remember back in the day, I was around white people at some point and I remember this white man saying that like he never ever 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 goes east of La Brea like LA does not exist east of La Brea but I'm like that's where all of LA is east of La Brea literally the entire city is east of La Brea
1: the city of LA is literally
0: east of La Brea yes and and so that different reality it hit me like that statement like, these people are on a different planet, and it's called the West Side.
1: Yeah, I hate driving to the West Side, y'all. Like, there was a time where Mal and I were there every week for, like, every meetings, week. for work. Like, we were events. We were there all the time. And each time, I was, like, throwing a tantrum. Like, I was very upset about having to drive out there because it really is a different part of L.A. Like, I don't even like going to shops out there. Like, if it's on Melrose, mm-hmm. I'm not going.
0: yeah. The traffic, the congestion, the parking, the this, the whole, the whole thing. So this, so the LA cool girl, right? So she's on TikTok. She's a white girl. She's talking about the East side LA cool girl does this, that, and the other. And she's in Silver Lake. And of course, there are a, like tons of LA girls who are actually from the East side and various East side communities. And they're on TikTok and they're seeing this. So a bunch of women of color, a lot of Latinas, were like posting their rebuttal videos, their response videos, like, this is an East Side cool girl. This is an LA cool girl. And it got written about in the LA Times. It got picked up. The whole conversation, the back and forth, the TikToks that actual East Siders made. I thought it was fascinating And it's I feel like part of this growing wave of like L.A. locals and residents kind of speaking back to transplants who love to make all their content about how L.A. is trash and there's L.A. is fake here. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in my grad school program, um, they did a presentation about like the history of L.A. because there are I would say about half are not from L.A., and they, the program director was like talking about all the nuances, LA used to be a part of Mexico, like all these different things, the Californios, like folks that have been here for literally generations um, and just all the complexities of with like gentrification, we're in a homeless crisis, all these different things. And so there was like one student that was like, how do we as reporters that are not from here, like if we want to report on something, like how do we approach a community with respect basically? And so there was like a conversation that happened. And afterwards I like told her, like, look, like if you're going to be interviewing people that are local, like ask them how they identify the city. Like we're, we're really sensitive about that. And I use the like East side Silver Lake as an example, and I was like, if you're in Eagle Rock, Highland Park, like know that that's like the Northeast side, you know? And so I was like giving her these little tips because I was like, if you, if you as a journalist write, write it incorrectly, geographically and refer to it incorrectly, LA is going to be really mad. Like people will not focus on what the article is about because it's really disrespectful. Like it shows like you didn't talk to any locals, you know? And so, yeah, I think that LA locals, are speaking back there was like a man in my program that was like south la is not south la it's south central you know and like all these little cutesy ways to try to re- refer to it like erase like the history of people And he's from south central and so it's like the language is really important when we're when folks are being displaced in L- in the city of la in la county gentrification is rampant all over we're in a homeless crisis like it's more than just like refer to that, refer to me correctly, refer to my say correctly. Right. It's so deep. Yeah. And it's also like,
0: <clears throat> these are things that are public and can be looked up. They're not secrets. And so when we're talking about journalism, it's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, because I know you can look up the information and find it and verify it. So I love that they're doing that history of LA in your program, because it really is so important.
1: So important. Shout out USC. Um, It's actually a pretty diverse program. I'm not going to speak for the rest of them, but I was like, okay, like I see y'all there's like a lot of intention. I don't know how it was back in the day, but I can only speak for this year and the cohort. Um, And so shout out to them. It's, better be diverse all the fucking money that it costs like yeah (laughs) you know what I mean
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah
1: (laughs) yeah grad school's expensive y'all send us a Venmo look at the dash radio (laughs) (sighs) truly
0: guys truly truly (laughs) every dollar gets gets used I promise you on on a good cause which is right now us um so (laughs) <laughs> what better cause right now so yeah LA cool girl um I don't know I think we're LA cool girls we're not east side cool girls though because we're not from the east side so we wouldn't claim that and I also don't want to tell you guys what neighborhood I live in so I'm not going to tell you what <laughs> LA cool girl I am so yeah just same. know
1: generally I, I'm, a, I'm a southeast cool girl yes. I will Acela, leave it at a a cool, cool girl I'll leave it at that um yeah. and that that is all but we, we're LA cool girls we are we are we
0: are I claim we, it we drink iced coffees and read books and go to hot yoga we
1: contain multitude we don't go <laughs> we don't to, don't hot, go to yoga. hot yoga
0: but you know what I mean
1: yeah we're we're bisexuals y'all we drink iced coffee yeah. okay
0: we drink iced coffees just just remember that if nothing else. <laughs>
1: Also, happy oh belated Pride Month! Like we didn't oh, do yeah. a Pride episode this year, but that's all right. Pride is all year round, so we'll we'll get you, we'll figure it left, out.
0: You left you left the country during Pride. I really
1: did. It was so you sad. Did. I mean, obviously, amazing trip, but like I missed all the LA Pride events. And then the weekend we came back from Mexico City, it was their Pride, and I was like, "This is a joke!" Like,
0: Damn <laughs> what it. is this? And because I'm sure that Mexico City Pride was fun.
1: Yeah, I hear it's great.
0: I, I have no doubt. Right. I have no doubt. In other pop culture news, um, did you guys know that not only is Elon Musk like a capitalist pig, but he's also a fuck boy. Tell them who why. I... So I sent Dioza this DM with an article because apparently Elon Musk, like while still married to grimes fathered children with one of his top executives twins and so there's an article from business insider and then hayes brown put out this tweet elon musk has nine children two of whom were secret until today and these kids these twins were born weeks before his second child with grimes which was also a secret until it wasn't drama
1: at every level <laughs> men are awful <laughs> terrible so on top of it all
0: he's also a fuck boy with secret children overlapping
1: they all have secret children that are overlapping
0: overlapping <laughs> every like literally everyone i'm not surprised by anyone or anything ever anymore in life you know like like now at this stage of life like nothing is surprising
1: nothing is nothing is it's true you're right nothing is surprising I'm surprised by nothing
0: at this point in the game yes (laughs) everything is possible nothing is shocking Uh, yeah I don't know
1: (laughs) so we, we I just thought that'd
0: be fun to talk about Elon is a fuckboy. We also, it seems like a a, a lifetime ago, but it was rather recently also that this was happening was the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard uh, libel civil suit. And um, that is a very tangled and fucked up situation. Johnny Depp, basically uh, over here, we're we're acknowledging and recognizing and learning that Johnny Depp is also a fuckboy and is like a bad man. And this case is way more complex than I think most folks realize, especially if all of your coverage has come from Twitter and TikTok. I promise that you have not done your research and you don't know what you're talking about. So we are hoping, because this case actually has huge implications for the future, for anybody who seeks any sort of justice from an abusive partner. Um, there's like legal precedent being set as a result of this libel case. And so we're going to want to pick this topic up later and maybe bring in somebody who can speak with more detail about that um, in a future episode.
1: Yeah, so we have lots of great episodes in the work, y'all. We're, you know, we're back We're we took a little bit of a break because I was traveling Um, and I took my mic with me a pasear because we didn't even record while I was out there, just life got too busy, which it happens. Um, and so yeah, we have lots of ideas. We're going to come back strong this month and give you all some more scholarly, academic type episodes and also mix in some fun pop culture ones like this one. So, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this format. We hope you learned a little something new. We love to talk about. We love to talk about pop culture in addition to all the other really important themes around race, gender, social justice. You know, we're multifaceted, oh, yeah. as they say. As they say. So let us know if there's
0: other things that you would like for us to cover. You can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love that. You can leave us a voice memo on SpeakPipe on our website, Look at lookupdorradio.com. We also love that. And yeah, thank you for tuning in. Um, Follow us across socials. Let us know what you think. Oh, we should probably also tell listeners that we'll be putting out a few more episodes and then likely taking another break. We might be ending season six a little bit early. We usually go up until November with our seasons, but we have some potential changes in our future so just be prepared. We'll we'll let you guys know what's happening, but there's a a potential changing of the guard taking place. I won't share more details. That's
1: enough. That. That's, That's enough. enough. <laughs> Turn off her mic. Oh. Mute her. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. We will catch you next time. Besitos. Besitos
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do?
1: Yes.
0: Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10, we were in a convertible on the 405 freeway listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, This is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone in our country has a voice, it's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are.